got it. Okay. Oh. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today we have Miles talking to us. He is a Brazilian. <laughs> He's a <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a Wim Hof instructor. Uh, he's been to the top of the snowy mountain with Wim Hof and learned breathing techniques and jiu-jitsu on the match with Master Rickson Gracie. He's honored to share the lessons learned and he specializes in breathwork for improving health, mindset and physical performance. So, Miles, the floor is yours. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much uh, for really putting this on. Uh, and, and being here and, and everything, these things have been massive, honestly. Uh, Julian did a great one. Uh, uh, Bob did a great one. Bart, uh, I really liked Bart's. I really resonated with, uh, with some of the things that uh, Bart was saying about, uh, you know, listening and, uh, and, and feeling a little bit uh, uh, like he, he couldn't contribute quite as much as so many of you guys or as the instructors that he was around because really, honestly, uh, I learned so much from my fellow instructors, and uh, and I'm just totally uh, blown away by the amount of information that you guys share with me. And then, uh, and Bob's talk on here was so good that I almost canceled mine because it, it was just <laughs> like so meaningful to me and, and and building the community. And and I think what's really neat that, uh, that you guys stumbled across is uh, what in the world is your fourth pillar. You know, what's everybody's fourth pillar? And I think that the three pillars are perfect and should be coveted. And like the simplicity is, is where the magic is. And we should teach them all the same. And around the world, we'll, we, the, our students, our participants will get delivered the method that, you know, in this uh, particular simplistic, perfect recipe. But then that fourth pillar is kind of up to us, right? And uh, my fourth pillar uh, is, happens to be uh, humor. Just laughing, getting people going. I mean, feeling crazy, feeling silly, feeling awkward. I, I mean, I love it. I think we make chemical changes through the three pillars. And then the fourth pillar we make chemical changes is, is, is you know, thinking this is hilarious. And then what are we doing and, and how fun it can be. I, I happen to be at the thousand person workshop we did in San Jose, California. And, uh, and to hear the uh, thousands of people stomp up the stairs after the breath work to the ice baths. It was, it was at that moment, I realized that this stuff gets you high, man. This stuff gets you super high because this was the, the, the this sounded like a, a huge party. And, uh, uh, and this was the most fun sober people can have. So, I mean, just having fun and, and feeling silly and, and having fun to me is the fourth pillar. Uh, I mean, today I'm gonna talk about uh, the, one of the things I love is athletic performance and how this stuff kind of why I got into it and how it really changed my athletic performance. And I've watched it change all these others and then found all this supporting research. So I do that a ton. I teach a weekly breathwork class where I tell them I'm going to give them new content every week. And it forces me to go out and find new stuff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm always looking for supporting research for, uh, for this stuff. So improving your performance. Three things that the Wim Hof Method will do to improve your performance. The mental and chemical shifts you can make. Uh, you guys know them. I'm, I'm going to talk about them. Uh, building energy. Building energy for athletic performance. I also happen to teach uh, uh, or coach kids different sports. And now uh, we've used it for that. And I can talk about that a little bit. And then lastly, uh, cold exposure for recovery. There's, there's some awesome stuff I'd love to share about that. So those three things. So the mental... And uh, the mental and chemical shifts that you can make. I happen to, I've had all this wonderful, great fortune to work and, and have these kind of wild opportunities. You know, I've worked with uh, Master Hicks and Gracie, one of the, the most prolific martial artists living today. And, uh, and he talked about how he used breath work uh, to do a lot of the same things that Wim does, but he used kind of a, a different style of breath work, but it didn't really all matter. It kind of all comes from the same place. And he also uses cold exposure. And so that was pretty interesting. And, uh, and then I've also, I've taught the executive team at the Aura Ring, the Aura Ring company, you guys, in San Francisco. I've taught them how to do breath work. And now it's breath work is in the Aura app, if you're familiar with it. So that's, you know, uh, that was a wonderful opportunity. And uh, probably the most, the, the opportunity I got the most from was uh, DMT Quest, the documentary, if you guys seen. Have you guys, has anybody seen the DMT Quest documentary? Yeah, amazing. It's, uh, uh, so I got brainwave scans before and after doing the breath work. And I got to learn some great stuff from that. And then we've even, we're on to DMT Quest 2. 
We've done it again. We've done it with a handful of structures again, uh, getting brainwave scans and seeing what's going on. And we've even had the opportunity. I, I got a bunch of stuff to share with you guys that, that's not going to be in the documentary or it's not in the documentary. So this is like uh, uh, cutting edge sort of stuff that we learned brainwave scan stuff with the breath work. And, and I, I just can't, uh, I, I haven't, I've tried to research our findings and a lot of people don't know about this stuff. Nobody knows about this stuff. This stuff is like a uh, 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 discovery zone is what we're in right now. So uh, it's just so super cool. Um, so the, the, the DMT quest documentary, if, if you haven't seen it, check it out. But uh, what we did is uh, I did, we were trying to make the brainwave scans, we wanted the brainwave scans to match uh, people get injected with people that got injected with DMT at uh, Michigan State University. So they had an experiment they did already where they were injecting people with DMT and, uh, and they saw what their brainwaves looked like. It was a very high gamma state, lots of gamma wave activity. And so when we decided to do, to, to take the breath work and see if that worked with it, uh, this is the story. You guys might like it. So uh, we're, we're about to, we're deciding on where it's going to be. And then we're in this clinic and then they, they strap me up with the stuff and I'm asking them, well, what should we do? Should we do the fundamentals breath work? Should we do the advanced? What, you know, what, what's going to happen? And, uh, and he said, you know, we're, we're really just looking for this one thing. We're looking for a very high gamma state. Just knock it out of the park. Just get to the best state that you can get in. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, let me get this play. I, I'm going to throw on this playlist. I'm going to, you know, really breathe, get myself there. He was like, no playlist. <laughs> this is the producer, uh, John Chavez. No playlist. Sit in that stupid dentist chair and just uh, uh, get to that state using breathwork alone. And I'm like, well, can I have a timer? Can I have a timer at least? Yes, you can have a timer. Okay. So that was me. There's documentary lights on. Uh, I'm in a dentist chair, an uncomfortable chair, and, uh, and doing the breathwork. And sure enough, when you look at the brain scans afterwards, my hair was on fire. I mean, my, the gamma, I'm 3.7 standard deviations above normal. And, uh, and it's just, it's just looks incredible. So that was pretty neat, right? But uh, what's not in the documentary, guys? But what you guys have made, maybe have discovered, but, uh, but nobody has, nobody knows about this stuff yet, is that, uh, so they look at my, I have a doctor look at my brainwave scans beforehand. And, uh, and they see some things going on. They're, they're, this clinic looks at brain scans and then they help people make adjustments to where they see deficiencies. So they look, he looks at my brain scans. He says, uh, well, it looks like you have poor short-term memory and focus, and uh, particularly for names and faces, and you probably have ADHD. And I was like, what? And I, I tell my family, my friends and family, I'm like, what? They said I have ADHD and poor short-term memory and stuff. And my family was like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that sounds about right, right? <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, uh, uh, but, so now they look at my, he looks my brain scans after. What's going on afterwards? Well, all of a sudden I'm 2.7 standard deviations above normal, no ADHD and, uh, and no, uh, 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 no memory and focus issues. Now I'm above normal. Short-term memory improved in 20 minutes. I mean, that doesn't, nobody knows this yet. And I can, I'll share with you guys, if you guys want to, I have, uh, I've tested this out with these, these free uh, memory tests from Cambridge. So I'll shoot you guys a link if you want to, and then you can take the test, do your breath work routine, take the test again, preferably get good at the test, take it a few times, kind of get, uh, it's just a memory test, it's a fun little quiz games, you know, memorizing different spaces and things. And, uh, and this stuff changes your short-term memory. And it's not my own anecdotal evidence. I mean, all it is is anecdotal evidence. It's just me and my friends doing this stuff and, and figuring this out. But uh, this is the real deal, guys. That's super exciting. Uh, so that is, I got, I dove into that before I got into the, uh, <laughs> the rest of the mental benefits, but okay. So for performance, of course, that sounds like that would be good. That would work. That would be useful. If your short-term memory is a little bit better and your focus is a little bit better. Absolutely. Uh, but the other thing that the breath work does is, uh, as you guys know, it raises your adrenaline. So what we were having trouble with, uh, a lot of my friends and, and uh, colleagues, whatever, uh, in jujitsu, it's such a terrorizing sport. It doesn't matter the size of the competition, the size of, of what's, you know, how big the event is or anything like that. You're going up against somebody that wants to break your arm or choke you to sleep in front of your friends and family and teammates. That's, that's really the, <laughs> that's the match, right? So it doesn't even matter if it is just in the gym sometimes. It is a terrifying, it can be a, a very exhilarating and terrifying endeavor. But so what would happen is we would get this competition anxiety that would, uh, you'd have this loss of strength. 
uh, you'd have a loss of saliva. That is my least favorite one. You, you, where you had no saliva in your mouth, uh, you'd have just the, the, this weakness and, uh, and loss of mental acuity. That was huge. So now you're not even performing as good as you were in the gym. You were just like a, a fourth of what you could be. And so it feels like instant flu if you've ever had this. And if you may, a lot of you guys are listening later on or, or listening on the call, you may have felt this if you're giving a speech or a presentation or just whatever you're nervous about. It's like you get this instant flu, the butterflies in the stomach, and you get some of these symptoms. So I thought, this is my, the beginning of my journey. I thought, well, if that's instant flu and Wim Hof and the gang got rid of these flu-like symptoms or didn't get flu-like symptoms when they were supposed to, would it work for this? And guys, sure enough, sure enough, it works for this. If you do this stuff right before you have this opportunity that's going to raise your anxiety, raise your adrenaline at the time, you just raise your adrenaline beforehand. Now, all of a sudden, you're not getting the same symptoms anymore, just like the guys in, in the experiments that, that Wim did in 2014, right? So that's incredible. I mean, to kill uh, the anxiety, to kill uh, that competition anxiety is insane. I've watched, I've been a, uh, a referee at some of these events. So I've competed professionally now because of this. It allowed me to just dump anxiety completely. And we, we have these professional events where there's thousands of people there. You walk down this walkway, smoking lasers, the loudest music you can think of, your friends and family in the crowd. You've you got to navigate all these things. For sure, that's a time when anxiety would raise up. And, uh, and it doesn't. You can control it completely. And I've sat as a referee and I've watched the guys walking down, watch their face, and they look like they're about to get attacked by a bear. They look like if they know me, they don't even recognize me because they can't tell what's going on. Their, their, their focus is so narrow that they don't, it, it, they're so scared. And, uh, and they're trying to play it cool. You know, they're throwing their shoulders around. They got their DMX playing or, or whatever music they like that gets them going. And it doesn't. They, it's, it's a mental thing, right? It doesn't matter these things they prepared for. But you can use, we, we know now that you can use the Wim Hof method. You could use the breathing and even the cold exposure to just bring your, bring your, your adrenaline up before you need it. And now all of a sudden you can just coast when it's time to perform, which is absolutely incredible. So that, that, that's uh, the first of the performance improvements that can happen. And the second is building energy. So there's been a lot of stuff now, and you guys all know this, and a lot of people that are watching this are also oxygen advantage instructors. And there's a lot of wonderful uh, things that we've discovered about nose breathing, about maintaining a level of CO2 in order to make the oxygen bioavailable, all these great things. And, uh, and particularly for these long-term benefits of performance. Uh, yeah, guys, nose breathe throughout the day. You guys all know this stuff, but uh, no, nose breathe all the time, in my opinion, except when you're doing the Wim Hof method. But uh, also, when you are in the middle of a jiu-jitsu match, it's, we could call it a fight. It's not really a fight. But uh, when you're in the middle of a fight, uh, you are CO2 is building up so quickly, particularly at certain points when you're using a lot of energy, you're moving somebody or you, or you held your breath for a moment, that you need to overbreathe to give yourself to create that energy reserve. And I really learned that from the Wim Hof method. And I learned that like when we're doing our hike, when we hiked with Wim uh, up Mount Hood, and, uh, and he's telling us to take the five full breaths and, and pause with a full breath and, and you know, just really uh, uh, creating that energy. And you guys experience too, when we do the push-ups when you're holding your breath, to me, that is an energy reserve. And when you are in the midst of action and CO2 is building up incredibly fast and you're losing mental acuity, taking these big oversized breaths, get you there, get rebuild that energy reserve. Now, if you're engaged in something where you need to use core strength, you can't take a, you can't take like a hyper, a, a, a breathing above the neutral zone type of breath. You, you may want to change it up a little bit. But if you were having a break in between rounds, does the Wim Hof method work for a break between rounds? You better believe it does. Oh my God, it works so well. Who's one of my favorite guys? Uh, Aki, Akiha Hiro. Akiha Hiro uh, uh, Sakamoto does all the, has been doing these experiments with uh, hyperventilation uh, for athletic performance. And uh, what he found, he put people on, uh, I call them suicide bikes because they make me want to commit suicide, but it's not a uh, suicide bike. It's a uh, assault bike because <laughs> they're assaulting you basically, right? So he had these guys doing assault bikes and had one minute breaks in between these, these sprints, these one minute rounds. And what he saw is he did experiment with the uh, 
hyperventilation versus spontaneous breathing and the hyper the guys that did the hyperventilation they were able to mitigate the the power degrade, degradation longer so they were able to keep their performance up better by using hyperventilation in between the rounds so man in the moment hyperventilation is magic i mean it is it is the most powerful tool because when you are exhausted and you are about to be destroyed you know physically mentally uh, where do, where does energy come from? Well, it doesn't come from the food that you ate. It doesn't come from the the sleep that you had. It doesn't come from. It comes from breathing right now in the moment, and uh, it is so massively powerful to me. Uh, when we can make these uh, athletic shifts in instantly, as opposed to long term, I get it. There's lots of things we can do long term. I don't really care about that. What, what's neat is we can change these subtle techniques to make the, to build the energy to use a Wim Hof style of breath uh, to, to and, and then if you've been using a Wim Hof style of breath, will you strengthen your, your diaphragm, your breathing capacity? And you, you, you now you can take even better Wim Hof style breaths and it's even more useful in, in the moment. So, uh, so that's the second one. And the last thing is, uh, is about cold exposure, right? So I, I, I used to post a little bit about cold exposure and I got a bunch of, uh, I got a bunch of hate. I posted on Reddit. Well, we all know, Cold exposure improves your recovery. And I was trying to talk about breathing. And I got all this hate, this, this, all these haters were like, oh, cold exposure does this and does that, uh, and all these negative things about cold exposure. And so I was like, oh my God, I didn't even really know that existed. And so I really dove into the research of the, the negative things of cold exposure. And uh, yes, they did some experiments where people were dipping one leg in a uh, full 32, you know, zero degrees, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius. They're dipping one leg for 10 minutes after resistance training. And uh, yeah, guess what? That leg that <laughs> shriveled up, that leg didn't get the same uh, uh, gains, so to speak, as, uh, as the one that was not frozen. But uh, something really cool that happened recently, uh, there were, they did an experiment in October, it just got published, that uh, these guys were doing resistance training. Uh, I think it was leg extensions, it might've been arm stuff too. And then they were getting into 50 degrees at for 10 minutes, okay? And guess what happened? Nothing, nothing happened. What does that mean? That's amazing <laughs> because uh, they had no, uh, against the guys that didn't do the cold exposure, there was no difference in their gains, same gains guys. So, and 50 degrees at 10 minutes, that's a solid ice bath in my opinion. You guys in the, the Netherlands, you guys, I, I get it. That's, that's weak sauce, but here in San Diego, man, you know, I do, I like 40 degrees, you know, for a few minutes, right? But these guys were doing a significant cold exposure and uh, immediately after resistance training and it had it made no impact on their gains. So, so know that, and, and, but what we do know is that impact on their, the soreness, uh, on the, the recovery, that's all there. So we know that's there. And, you know, uh, those of us that have trained uh, that had like, you know, I've done training sessions that were entire weekend long. We're going to be training over and over uh, several times a day. And you have to do ice baths. If you're, if you're not ice bathing, then you're, you're going to feel terrible. And so, uh, and this is, you know, this is before even the Wim Hof stuff. This is, this, this, so, so we know the benefits in that case. But so what I love about that study and I love about this uh, statement is, man, it is, you really have to, you have to freeze one leg off for 10 minutes if, if, to reduce gains. Like the, the, this cold exposure is going to do absolutely fantastic for you in almost every case uh, from performance. So uh, so that's really it, guys. That, that, those are the three uh, big fun things that I wanted to share with you. Um, it's probably shorter than, uh, oh, there, there you go, 19 minutes. Um, and yeah, so I thank you guys for listening. And, uh, and there's only a few of us on here, but uh, uh, when you guys listen to this later, uh, I always, I, I, like, I love to hit on the, the Facebook group. So if you guys ask questions in the group, I'm happy to, uh, to talk about it more because I love this stuff. So thanks for listening and, uh, and being here. Yeah, thank you, Mars, for this. This was amazing. A lot of questions, uh, but, like Francesco does, I'm gonna invite people to, if anyone has a question. Yes, Bernard and Julian. Hi, Bernard. How hey, are you? Hi, Mats. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Uh, well, I have what a- What town are you in? Uh, sure. Germany, yes, I'm coming from Germany. Oh. oh, okay, okay, nice. I visit Hamburg a few times. Yeah, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Well, look, my, my sister is doing Muay Thai uh, boxing. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about, okay, how can I help her for, you know, with the Wim Hof method during fighting? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my question is like, um, when you talked about the, the hyperventilation during the fight, mm -hmm. or when, mm -hmm. when yes. you have to break, when and how, in what particular way you're really doing it? Okay, so she's gonna love this. I didn't bring this up because this is outside of the Wim Hof stuff, right? Yeah. But, uh, but, but I love this stuff. So yeah. uh, what Hicks and Gracie taught us mm -hmm. is that uh, you, you're, a little bit of tension in your jaw helps you connect to the lowest part of your diaphragm a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So we know a Wim Hof style breath. You take a big breath, you go all the way in, you let it go. Yeah. Now you're at neutral. But the opposite of that would to be to breathe below neutral. So check it out. So if I breathe below neutral, I'm creating a little bit of uh, tension in my jaw, tension in my neck. I'm going through teeth. And what you can do is uh, you take your hand, you put it on your belly button, and then you do forceful exhales. And you can start walking your fingers down below your belly button and just feel how deeply, uh, how low, that flex happens. Well, guess what? It goes all the way to the bottom. So you're, you are flexing all the way to the, to the root. All right. And so we use this breath pattern in jujitsu. And that what it does is uh, while it's the opposite of the Wim Hof stuff, the, op the, the Wim Hof uh, breath is, is uh, awesome at dumping CO2 makes you a little bit dizzy too, which is not something you want in a fight. So the no. so another great way, no, not, unless it's intentional by somebody else, but the other great way is uh, uh, forceful exhales. So it looked like this. Mm -hmm. What happens is when you forcefully exhale, you create a vacuum. Air just rushes back in. So you can infinitely forcefully exhale while uh, because of that diaphragm engagement, you're keeping your core strong. You can flex your stomach. A great way to try this is try and do a one minute sit up or a one minute crunch. It's one of the things I do in my classes and use forceful exhales around or below the neutral zone. Even add in a pattern, but that's for a mental cue. But uh, so forceful exhales go with, if you, let's say you did something and you realize you're holding your breath, you turn the, you, you, you got under hooks, you turn the person into the ropes and you realize you, you're holding your breath. You dump CO2 as quickly as you can until you can get back to a nose in breath. So we need a, a level of, of, of CO2 to make the oxygen bioavailable, of course. So we need a bit of a restrictive breath to raise that level of CO2. So you're not really recovered until you can do a nose in breath. Uh, and if you can't, then forceful exhales. So this is what I teach my soccer team, 11-year-old soccer team. You think these kids want to run very far? No, they don't. They hate it, right? And so I taught them two breath patterns. I taught them you breathe around the neutral zone with your nose, just in through the nose, in or out through the mouth, it doesn't matter. Or I mean, the mouth doesn't matter. Just, just, it, it, you can go in through your nose, you're jamming, right? Because now you're, uh, uh, you have a, you're moderating the CO2 level, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I got these guys going and they're like, okay, now coach, uh, I'm tired. I'm like, perfect. This is what I wanted. Now you guys are tired, but you have to keep going. You're not going to stop running. So now forceful exhales until you can get back to a nose in breath. So, <laughs> Those forceful exhales are masterful because they allow you to keep your core strong, continue to run, or keep your core strong because you're about to take a punch, or keep your core strong because you're about to give a punch. Think about how punches happen. I mean, everything, axe throwing. I mean, everything, uh, uh, all these different uh, 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 engagements require forceful exhales to do your best. And so she's going to love it because she's already, she's already going, yeah, yeah. She's already like giving you some of those. Sorry if I blew your eardrums out. If, giving you some of those in Muay Thai, she's already doing forceful exhales. And if she's not, she will be, if she will, you know. Uh, and then to realize that that is so useful that you can use it later to recover during a match uh, is, is super powerful. So, so that's it, my friend. And then there's one more thing we do. We can just, I don't know if you want to mention it to her, but uh, since you're not an 11 year, since she's not an 11 year old, uh, we could throw this in. Uh, uh, so we add this pattern. We add in a pattern. So we go, we'll add in some sort of pattern. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You can pick your favorite. I kind of like Beethoven, like, dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> now, what it does is it makes you do forceful exhales through your teeth. It makes you keep that engagement, but it allows your monkey mind to realize you're still breathing. So now while I've swept somebody and I'll realize, oh, the pattern's gone. Mm -hmm. I, now I know it's a monitor. So now I know I'm not breathing anymore. Now, <laughs> now I just pick whatever song I drove to the gym listening to. Some of the guys will accuse me of like whistling while I'm, I'm rolling with them, which bothers them. You know, it makes them think that I'm like, you know, th this is no big deal, but it is a big deal to me. It's just that, that, uh, what do we call it? Staggering your breath. That staggering your breath with a pattern is to monitor your breathing if you have trouble. You know, so, so it's something to, to keep in mind. Wow. So that's it, my friend. Yeah. Cool, Thanks, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Absolutely. Hey, let us, let me know. Shoot back and uh, if you tell her, see if, if, if any of that's useful. Yes. I will, I will give you a feedback. So if she, she's tried it, uh, I will let you know because, uh, yeah. I think she will love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then hyperventilate in between rounds until she can get to a nose in breath. Bring your heart rate down. Slow but exhales. No, no breath holds. No retention. This is something that we don't need. Oh no! The <laughs> yeah, no she's she's holding her breath already. If her opponents and worth their salt in their uh, in, in their gloves. So every once, I mean, we hold our breath. I mean, we can't help it. At some points, when we're yeah. we're really exerting hard, we we hold our breath. So mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. Yeah, perfect. Thanks a lot. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Yeah, man. For sure. Julian, what's up? Do you still have a question? Yeah, Miles. Yeah, I had a question uh, regarding uh, because obviously uh, I know the feeling of uh, lactic acid building when you're doing uh, jujitsu, um, mm. and I've been trying to experiment. And I haven't been doing a lot of jujitsu either because of COVID, and uh, I've been oh, focused on other stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. okay because yeah. the other stuff that I'm focusing on actually transfers to jujitsu in a way. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you, you know, when you have that CO2 building. Uh, so you talk about the Ricks and Gracie, right? So we exhale, we do the, the locomotive. Um, I, I, I'm not sure because when I'm doing it, is, am I doing it right or wrong? I'm exhaling as much as I can to create space for new oxygen to come in, right? So, and when I created that um, space for new oxygen, uh, do you, for example, breathe out? So exhale, and then all of a sudden, gonna take quick... Um, a breath to uh, yeah. build up the, uh, the the oxygen again. I, you understand my question? Like, what's the yeah? How do you, how do you play with the oxygen input rather than just the 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 output? Yes. So, uh, what I think about I think about this analogy a lot. I think about the bicycle, right? Like when you're moving your pedals on a bicycle, you push down, the other one comes up. So to me, that's like uh, it, it's 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 similar to how your breath works because you have that neutral zone where if you take a full breath in and you let go, you go to the neutral zone. If you take, if you push all the air out and let go, you go to the neutral zone, right? So both of them do that. And so the neat thing, I, I think to answer your question, I hope this answers, uh, that if you do a forceful exhale, there's some momentum that you can capture with that uh, vacuum that you created. So you do want to take a little bit of air in. You don't want to just stay breathing neutral and below. You want to take a little air in and you want to breathe with your nose as much as you can, right? Vasodilation from the nitric oxide, all that stuff. So uh, I think that uh, your nose breathing until you are losing it, until you need more, and then a few forceful exhales and taking that momentum and sniffing a little air in if you want, you know, taking that momentum but, uh, but making it easy. So that's what we've realized, I think, is that breathing around the neutral zone is the easiest way to breathe. So if I'm breathing at way up top, I'm breathing up there, that starts to get hard. If I'm breathing way down there, that starts to get hard down at the bottom. So breathing around the neutral zone happens to be the easiest. So this is why I tell my kids, I'm like, uh, uh, nose breaths at the neutral zone, and they laugh. And they're like, yeah, a regular breath, dad. Is that what you mean? I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. A regular breath. But uh, so I, I hope that answers your question. It's uh, 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 you're not pulling a bunch of air in because you don't want to get it that high. You just want to use the momentum of the vacuum that you created. And then that, that particularly with your spine uncurling, it creates a little bit more momentum. And then, uh, and then the air rushes back in. And then you take a little bit in too, because you do want 
I mean, slightly above the neutral zone is more optimal for uh, exercise, for engagement, right, for power. So you do want to be a, a little bit above the neutral zone, but just practice. I do a lot of practicing only below just to feel that momentum because it, it's, it's very unintuitive, I think. And not many people realize that you're I creating think, this yeah, vacuum. That, yeah. That's why I was uh, asking this question because I find it when I exhale, I don't have obviously the reflex to use maybe that that posture or that movement to re-inhale through the, through the nose, right? So, yeah. Yeah, but I've re-inhaled through the nose, but I've seen you do the, uh, your, 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 uh, your breath of fire and stuff's getting pretty good. So I've yeah. seen you do that. <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of practice at first I practice letting the vacuum bring come in through my mouth but then you can uh, so, yeah I had yeah. a bonus question you know because uh, you also do a lot the nauli you know I've been training yeah. the, the, the breathing and the nauli I feel mm. it's uh, more related to de-stress it distresses me a lot uh, mm. so what, what's your views on the nauli how do you uh, um, use mm. the nauli as a tool for yourself so if you guys this is one of technical questions because uh, <laughs> yeah. you and I, we do jujitsu, so we understand that it's really important to be sharp at a moment given or else, you know, you, you get caught. So, yeah, well, so I use, I think we use the Nali maybe for different things. Um, and if you guys don't know, Nali, the, the movement, it's a, it's a, a stomach movement that we do, that you create a vacuum and then you sort of compress your stomach muscles together and then, uh, and you get control of them. So something fun, Julian, you haven't seen me do yet, but I'm working on breathing with one side of my, my uh, if I can breathe with one side in case somebody has like knee on a knee on my stomach and I've been practicing only inflating one side, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. I'll show you guys that maybe another time, but um, you wanna be, to gain, so that was one of the reasons why I think it's important just to gain control of your stomach muscles and to be able, of your diaphragm and to be able to breathe in all these different locations, regardless of how we are folded up. But uh, so I use, that ex I use that exercise, the Nali exercise, as a way to uh, to engage with those diaphragm muscles to build them up, and then uh, and then it's really good for uh, it's an organ massage, so it's really good for digestive issues and not really issues, but like you ate too many tacos and uh, and you need to get things moving and it gets things moving and and you know I don't have any digestive issues. It makes it makes it so you can really digest quite easily. So I use it mostly for that because I uh, indulge uh, with, I have terrible eating habits after, you know, my, I try my big meal at night. Um, right. And so it helps with like, that. Like transverse yeah. activation, like abdominal region activation. Is that a question? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know more than me. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I know yeah. some parts, but then in the practice, yeah. it's, uh, it requires a lot of uh, understanding, just how to, to use it. Does. it. So no, I remember you taught me about a lot this. of practice. I see how you do the Nali. You're a black yeah. belt and I'm a blue belt, you know? <laughs> so that's why I um I look up to you for well, that you, because it's true. It, it does require a fucking lot of practice. Fucking <laughs> well, well you uh you you uh you taught me about the psoas muscles and uh and, and, and some of the things yeah, that it's using. Exactly. So I'm more of like I don't know the names for anything, I just kind of practice it. You're the doer, you're the doer, and I'm the thinker. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we we, we uh, work perfect together for that reason. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I use it more for digestive issues and just the organ massage. And I do it, you know, probably on a, a daily basis. Uh, I have all of my breathing exercises. I do a bit of kind of stretching everything out first before I get it all going. And uh, and that's what it's been beneficial for me. Okay. Cool. Thanks cool. a lot again for all the the pinpoint advice. Oh my my pleasure. Cheers. Cool guys. Great, thank you. Uh, Bernard or Paula, do you have a question? If not, then I have a couple of questions. Yeah, happy to hear from you guys. I've got some, well, I have so much to share. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. try to refrain, but yeah. uh, I loved what Bob said about the community building last time. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you talked about uh, doing the breathing before a performance. Uh, it happened to me uh, many years ago. Uh, I was about to give a you know big performance. It's not in a fight, but uh, singing, mm. huge crowds, mm. cameras and everything. Amazing. And 
and yeah, but I choked. Uh, my nerves oh. got the better yeah. of me. But yeah. uh, well, okay, I didn't, I didn't bomb it, but I felt it. Uh, I was right. only, I, I was at fifty percent. I was not hundred percent. I felt it. I was fifty percent. Can you yeah. just elaborate a little bit? How how uh, was it? The basic breathing or or, or to you know Ooh. what to do? Did you do breathing? No, no, I no, no, I didn't do anything. But I, I see. But what, what I'm asking so what would is, work? Yeah, yeah, what would work? Yeah, what would work in that case? Okay, so uh, this is awesome. I'm glad you brought this up, and and. Uh, I think it's really nice to be honest about this stuff because it is that sensation is is so overwhelming and to, and and any most people's solution is like some weird head games that they need to play with themselves beforehand or uh, to just well you'll get better with this with practice and of course that's true but there's these techniques that you can use where you don't you don't have to have practice this could be the first time you do this. And, and it's going to work. And so what we saw in DMT Quest 2, which is not out yet, but uh, we had extra time. So we were just getting, making sure that other people could have the same results that I did. Five of, uh, I won't give you all the results, but you, you, you guys know them already. It was awesome. We, we, they did awesome. The other instructors, and then we had people that didn't even know the Wim Hof method. We taught them. <clears throat> they did awesome. But uh, what we had extra time. And I, well, what are we going to do with the extra time? I had extra time to throw a, a brainwave scan on and, and we'll mess around. And I really wanted to know the difference between the fundamentals and the advanced breath work. I really wanted to know the difference because it feels different to me, right? And, uh, and so I did 10 minutes of the fundamentals and then I did a, ten, a, ten, a condensed version and then 10 minutes of the advanced. And the brainwave shifts were significant, different. So fundamentals breath work with the breath holds um, and the way that you feel, like let's call it dizzy. You know, you feel a little bit dizzy, right? It starts to make you dizzy. But to me, what's dizziness? It's just a level of consciousness between conscious and unconscious. And, uh, and it's wonderful and very useful. <laughs> and so what they seem to do is they, they knocked out the alpha waves so that now I was in this very meditative state. So I have a wonderful 10-minute one that I do that gets me, you know, it feels like five, five rounds of, of, of going for it. And uh, by doing 10 minutes, I really get to business. And I'm very precise about these techniques. I just kind of, the way I learned jujitsu is it's about these little nuances that you change. And then all of a sudden it makes things work better. And, and that's kind of what I applied to the Wim Hof stuff. But so in 10 minutes, now I'm in this wonderfully meditative state where you can tell I'm not uh, affected by the outside world so much, right? You can tell that uh, from my brain that I'm, I'm in a deep place where uh, I can kind of like almost like a baseline. Almost like, okay, outside stressors are gone. And, uh, and so I think that the fundamentals are perfect for really getting rid of uh, anxiety in the moment. So if, you have, if, I'm, if I'm headed to a new gym where you, know, you go to new gyms, this anxiety comes up, I'm in the car, I park, I do 10 minutes and, uh, and I can dump the anxiety. And then you do the advanced breathing and you guys felt it. You guys, probably anyone who's ever done it for the first time, you're like, oh, all of a sudden you realize, Dan Brule said that you realize you're, you're made of electricity, right? Because you feel it in your arms and your legs and behind your ears and all this stuff. And, uh, and then, then that's when we saw that high gamma brainwave state. So the fundamentals get you to baseline, make you feel awesome, probably connect you to creative energy is what I call it. Because, you know, you can probably come up with some ideas that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise. And then, uh, and then you do the advanced breathing. And then now that makes you hyper-focused memory and focus and uh high, you know highest brainwave available gamma brainwaves and uh good for uh coming up with you know good for retrieving information so if you need to be clear if you need to be uh sharp for stuff then the advanced breathing is going to get you there and so that's that's how i think they differ uh you can add them all together if you wanted to be less nervous, perhaps for uh, an event of some sort or, or whatever it is, physical or mental, whatever it is. But uh, I think you could also separate them. If it's just nerves you want to knock out, fundamentals will do it. And it's, if it's hyper-focus and sharpness that you want, then the advanced breathing will do it. And you can separate, you could skip the fundamentals if you want to and go right to an advanced. I would say that I added some pieces into the advanced if I really need to get to that space in 10 minutes. Uh, otherwise, you need a good 20 minutes, I would say. What, whatever it takes you to really get that, that sharp buzz where you're, you're <laughs> at the bottom of your eyelids start to flicker, you know what I mean? Like the whole, <laughs> the, the whole thing. So, so I hope that's, is, does that make sense? Is that useful? Yeah, it was perfect. 
And, it, <laughs> okay. it, and your answer uh, actually correlated to my, 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 my next question, which was, mm. you know, with, you talked about the brainwaves. Mm. You talked about some links you could send us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What, so, what links did you, oh. Yeah, yeah, so we could try out the memory. Yes. Yes. So uh, I could totally say I'll, I'll post that. How about I post that in the of the replay? I'll post that in the the, uh, the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Say, hey, you guys, yeah. try out this because uh, it's just a free thing from Cambridge University. That's uh, they're pretty yeah. fun, actually. They're fun little brain brain test. Yeah. OK. Paula. Paula had a uh, question. Yeah, I had a question there. And the... Well, let's see where to go. Again, this is a new, uh, new device. New device. Yeah. Uh, chat. Here we go, and boom, super. Okay, cool. Uh, what would you recommend before running a marathon or grid? What's a grid? If you smoke, about it. If you spoke, <laughs> I was like, are we talking about smoking? Yeah, yeah. sorry, I got disconnected. My mobile died. Grid is like yeah. one of these extreme events, you know, like they do these extreme races. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. kind of thing because it's very popular here and i had somebody at a workshop she does a lot of like endurance training cool <clears throat> Thank okay you. so um uh i do the 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 only thing that i do comparable to that is uh i do run a little bit uh and the kind of fun thing i do is i run barefoot too which is fun i run like on concrete barefoot which is crazy to me too but um and i never could run before learning the wim hof method guys i could never do it uh, I could run a mile and I would start to get cramps. Uh, I didn't understand when I was a kid, I didn't understand how people could run a mile because it would hurt so bad under my ribs. I would get like, we call them stitches or cramps. And it was from what I know now, it was from over breathing. It was from taking sort of gasping breaths when I was tired and uh, my CO2 was too low. And now the oxygen is not even that available. And so I'm starting to get this cramp. And so uh, running, you got to learn how to do a nose in breath. Right. You, if, if you so for these uh, extreme events, when you're on the uh, flat area or when you're on the 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 uh, place where you can keep a nice pace, then uh, nose in breaths are going to be very valuable because now you can mentally monitor your CO2 and make sure that you're breathing as light as you need to in order to keep that oxygen working. And then when you get to a hill, or how about this? When you get to a hill or if uh, so, you're, you're going to need to exert more, right? You know, you're going to need to exert more or if you are holding your breath because you need to clear your nose or take a drink or anything. So you can preemptively dump some CO2 so that you don't lose pace by using forceful exhales. So I'm, I'm, I'm jogging. I'm about to clear my nose. And then I'll clear my nose, right? I just dump the CO2 real quick and then I can do the nose clear. And then I never lost pace. I built an energy reserve. And so now what if I'm going at a, a, a pace and I get to one of the obstacles and I know this obstacle is going to require a lot for me, or in my case, I'm just going to get to a hill and I know the hills going to require a lot. Then you switch over to forceful exhales and just know that those forceful ex exhales create the vacuum and, uh, and you're not super engaged. Nobody's punching the stomach. So you can really kind of breathe below neutral for as, as much as you can. And then uh, until you can get back to a nose in breath, perhaps if it's a hill, in my case, like a steep hill, I'll use a forceful exhale all the way up the hill. I'll use it to the point where I get to uh, a one with each step. And it'll keep you going. And because we have to maintain some level of energy, right? So we want to be ahead of the curve. We want to keep gas in the tank. We don't want to wait till it's empty before we start adding gas. So Paula, that's what I would say, Paola, is that uh, forceful exhales on hills or at uh, obstacles, uh, nose in breaths as much as you can, Wim Hof style breaths when you are resting or a place where you don't have to be uh, physically engaged in something and you're just at the stop and you're able to uh, dump, because that's going to dump, Wim Hof breaths are going to dump CO2 the fastest. So they're super valuable if you don't have to, uh, you know, nobody's punching you in the belly. And would you do the power breathing or the normal breathing before the race? Like to, uh... you know, I don't think you're going to get, unless it does, unless it has to do with nerves, I don't think you're going to okay. get that much. I mean, when, I think in Wim's book, his last book, he says, do the power breathing right before. And uh, I think the benefit that you're getting is that 
if you don't do power breathing on a regular basis, then the benefit you're getting is that your, your diaphragm is all engaged and loose enough and ready to take awesome breaths. I was kind of considering myself, which I'm going to do a breathing session in the morning, most mornings anyway. So, uh, uh, so I, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to, to do one right before the race. I don't think that's going to benefit me that much. I would do some, um, but that's just, that's just my opinion again. So I think Wim Hof is totally right. Power breathing session right before, if you don't regularly do this stuff and you don't have in your, your fascia is not kind of all stretched out and, and you're, you're not ready to take these big breaths. But if you're doing, I mean, if you're doing marathons, you should be doing some breath work in the morning anyway, and uh, just getting it all ready. So that's my, uh, that's my opinion. Paola, nice to see you. you. It was fun to see your face, uh, your smiling face during the, because it was just your picture. So I just got this, it looked like you were very engaged in my, uh, <laughs> my talk, even though it was just your picture. Cool guys. Yeah, well, I, oh, Julian. okay. Bring it. Yeah. Ooh, what a fun question. Where do you see the Wim Hof next, in the next years? What a wild question. I, mean, I think we are at, we are holding the Bitcoin of health and wellness. Because to me, I mean, just breath work and, and cold exposure in general are, are, are you know, every, it's popping up everywhere. Um, what I would like to see for the people that participate in my workshops is, you know, the common thing that I see happening is uh, they don't do it as much as they'd like. You know, how do I come up with a routine? You know, they're not doing as much as they like. They need other people to do it. I don't really need that. I mean, I, you know, you a lot of you guys don't. Some of you do, I maybe. But uh, I would like to see uh, what I see for the future of the Wim Hof stuff is that people are getting together and doing this stuff on their own and, and really celebrating it. Um, and, uh, and that's what I'm going to try and facilitate, kind of like what Bob said. Uh, I have a lot of different regions I do this stuff in. So, like, I'm not very good at getting people together. But, uh, but that's, that's my goal. Um, and then what else? What else? Fun. You know, I mean, I, I think we're making all these strides and people are, uh, this is what I think I see happening is people are pulling away from the Wim Hof stuff. They're like, they started there, they learned it there, and then they're, they're branching out into these other things. And they they kind of, for this last six months or so, I've seen people kind of not want to give the Wim Hof method the credit that, uh, that that's where they got it from. And, and, and now they're kind of moving on to these other things. But then what I see happening is uh, uh, it's coming back. Like people like Andrew Huberman was a good example. So he loved this stuff. He was in the first uh, workshop that I ever attended in 2017 as a guest speaker, which was incredible. So, uh, you know, he was super into this stuff deep. And then when he used to talk about it in the earlier podcast, he's only been out for six months, right? When he talked about it in the earlier podcast, he would, he would kind of say, well, it's like Tumo. And, and he would give his own sort of explanation. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly why. I think he's just trying to uh, maybe say that it's you can do this stuff without it being branded. But then now he gives back and, and talks about the method like sort of constantly. Like, yes, you know, you can do it that way. And, uh, and I think that's what you're going to see is that the popularity will continue to rise as sort of a lot of people give it, uh, you know, so many instructors, I think, from lots of breathing modalities now started with the Wim Hof stuff, or at least that was the gateway. And so I think that's going to continue. And what I hope for the Wim Hof stuff is that we really uh, maintain this level of simplicity. So what you see happen with so many other things is that everyone adds on a layer of their own. Well, this is Wim Hof breathing with DMT breathing and, and, and sound bowls and, and, and tickle your back and, and all these things. And I, like, okay, that's great. But uh, the magic to me is the fact that this is dead simple, 30 or 40 breaths, uh, you know, holding with, with half a breath, one big breath in, like the magic of this stuff that is dead simple and it works. And so I hope that, uh, I think that the inner fire guys, that, that they're doing awesome stuff. And because I think they're really coveting the method. I know they could make a billion dollars more with the uh, t-shirts and, and whatever. I mean, they could do, they could make so much more money, I think. If, and a lot of people don't understand that on the forums and stuff that these guys, that the, the way that this method is delivered to the world uh, uh, worldwide, the same way is so very important. And it's because of the simplicity, because all the layers have been removed. And so we can't help each one of us are adding a layer when we, we deliver it. But I'm, I'm really, uh, I really emphasize the fact 
that the simplicity is the important thing. And this is what you're going to get across the world at any other, at any workshop, you're going to get at least these things. And here are the things, the cold exposure, the, the, the breath work. And then if you want to add in all these other layers of other things, those things are great too. But remember that this is what gets you there. And, uh, and I hope that uh, the inner fire just continues to, to promote that and to keep the layers of complexity out of this stuff. And, uh, and I think that it is going to be, you know, it's, it's already sort of changing uh, a billion lives. You guys know, because you guys are all doing this with me, but uh, it's just, it, it's truly inspiring to see. And I don't think anybody does it so simple. And our pictures, by the way, are of the, all the other breathing modalities, our pictures are the best. Can we all agree on that? We get together and have the funnest time. <laughs> and you don't see big groups of oxygen advantage people. What are they doing? Holding their nose? I mean, no disrespect to you oxygen advantage instructors. I love you guys. <laughs> A bunch of air sniffers you are. But me too now. Me too. I'm taping my mouth the whole thing. So I'm, I'm in the boat too. But uh, uh, so yeah, that's my, uh, that, that's my two cents. Love you guys. And oxygen advantage guys. And all these guys. This All this stuff works. You know, just engaging with our diaphragm. Uh, on a regular basis is so important. And so I'm happy to help promote this stuff and, and I enjoy sharing it with you guys too. So cheers, guys. Yeah, absolutely awesome talk, Miles. I really, really, really oh, loved you. it. Loved your presence and your beautiful energy. Uh, yeah, and thank I you. would like to ask everybody to unmute themselves. Mm -hmm. And give Miles a round of applause. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, guys. It Thank was, you. It was awesome. And uh, awesome. Did Bernard pop on? He doesn't. He just. He was just popping on for a second. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a question, Bernard? Hi. No. 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 Just wanted to oh, say. Oh, okay. Thanks. Good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome, guys. Okay. We'll appreciate you. Thanks yeah. again. Now we're gonna keep doing this, man. Yes. I yes. love learning from every, you guys every Wednesday. But now. We, I am off to watch DMT quests. Oh. <laughs> awesome uh, stuff. There's lots of it. cool people in there. Mike Tyson parts pretty nice. Wim approved that uh, that video too, by the way, that documentary. He's in there a bunch too. Lots of cool clips of him. Um, yeah, what, what a fun, fun, fun thing to do. So I'm about 25. Don't get distracted. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm at the end of the later part of it. But okay. uh, lots of great stuff. And DMT, uh, John Chavez is the man. So cheers to him. Yeah, really love looking forward to seeing it. Thank you again, right, Miles. And all right. I'll see you all again next week. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. Love you guys. See you next week. Thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Miles. See you, bro. Right. Boha. <laughs>